let's look at the uh, components of self-awareness. Uh, so this is now the point where we understand self-awareness. What is this thing that I keep talking about uh, um, that drives you into getting wonderful interpersonal skills? Okay, let's define it. Let's define self-awareness. These are fundamental aspects of emotional intelligence and personal development. Okay, so now when we talk about the components, we have to understand it is a fundamental aspect of emotional intelligence and personal development. So it ties the two together, your emotions and your development, your own personal development. So point number one, components of self-awareness. Component number one, emotional self-awareness. That is number one. This is emotional self-awareness. This is the component that deals with recognizing and understanding your emotions as they arise. Okay. So it, it talks about being uh, that ability to be accurate, uh, to identify your emotions and the reasons behind those emotions. Okay. The reasons behind those emotions. Uh, it helps you to manage your emotions effectively and prevent them from controlling your reactions. Uh, have you ever dealt with someone who is so emotional such that they are, their emotions are all over? Okay, whether it's a man or a woman, because even men have emotions. Sometimes you talk to someone and they just respond to you and you know rudely or arrogantly. And, and you wonder, why is this person... Uh, behaving like that. So the question is, have you been at a point in your life where you reacted in a way that later on you began to regret why you reacted the way you did? So interpersonal skills, this is the first lesson. You have to be aware of your emotions. You have to recognize and understand those emotions as they arise. In other words, you have to be able to accurately identify your feelings and the reasons behind them and not allow those emotions to control your response or your reaction. When you're dealing with a client, there are some, sometimes they are very difficult clients and you don't know what to do. Uh, or when, you, when you're dealing with a colleague, sometimes you have very difficult colleagues. Or when you're dealing with an arrogant supervisor. Okay, you've got to be able to understand your emotions and keep them calm. One of the things I've noticed uh, with people who are brilliant uh, in terms of developing interpersonal skills is their ability to just become in very difficult, difficult situations or in situations or circumstances that demand that they speak back or they say something, but they're so calm and so relaxed. These kind of people are not many, they're rare. But, when, but once you have that kind of ability, to sit on your emotions for a while, you will have so much power over yourself and over the other people that you'll be so surprised the effect that that silence has on people. So first thing is to be emotionally aware before you say something evil, before you say something wrong, before you respond, before you act. Relax. Think about it. Take time. Uh, you know, I don't know what kind of circumstance you have ever faced, but 
there's a time I was in an accident and and this person, you know, just hit my car and I walked out and, and they were drunk. And so they were all over and they were saying all stuff. But, you know, I wanted to respond and I wanted to give them a piece of my mind and tell them, uh, you know, not to be drunk and, you know, not to drink and drive and all that stuff. But then I kept quiet and I relaxed and they, he spoke. And eventually, after like 10, 15 minutes of all manner of stuff, he went quiet and he started wor getting worried. He actually thought that I would be, uh, that maybe I'm a police officer or I'm someone because I'm so calm. And then he said, man, how can you be so calm? And and so he began to laugh and, you know, we started talking and eventually he paid me. I didn't even demand for the money. So sometimes the silence, uh, you're being calm. I'm not saying that you be silent, but being calm. But even as you speak, you speak uh, with a level voice. You're not shouting, you're not, you know, you're not uh, uh, like being afraid, but you're speaking with a very level voice. And, and people begin to notice there's something with this person that I probably don't have. Okay, so be aware of your emotions. Once you do that, you begin to relate very well with people. When people need advice, they come to you. When people need a man of peace or a woman of peace, they come to you because they see you as a measured person. You are a measured individual. You you are not doing, you're not um, shouting and you're not complaining, but you're saying things in a very calm and nice way. So that's the first thing, self-awareness, emotional self-awareness. That's the first component. The second component is self-perception. Self-perception. So the first one is you've got to be aware of yourself. The second one is perception. How do you perceive yourself? How do you see yourself? Uh, do you see yourself as a failure? Do you see yourself as someone who can interact with other people? Or do you see yourself as someone who is intimidated by crowds? If you see yourself as someone who is intimidated by crowds, then guess what will happen? The crowds will automatically intimidate you. Self-perception is perhaps one of the most powerful tools when it comes to communication and to developing ski, uh, inter interpersonal skills or to interacting with other people. Um, because this is the thing. If you can't see yourself doing what you're supposed to do, if you can't see yourself communicating to people, you will probably never communicate. It all starts in your mind. Begin to see yourself doing it. But then... Analyze your strengths, your weaknesses, your values, your beliefs, your overall identity. Okay, Assess your abilities and limitations uh, because these are the things that guide you in your decision-making and, and behavior in various situations. Um, so perception, how you view yourself. For example, let me give an example and say you are being called to offer a public lecture or you're supposed to speak to a group of people or a crowd of people and you have been struggling uh, to, uh, to speak in public. And maybe this is the first, the second or the third time that you're supposed to speak in public. Uh, you know, the funny thing is there's always tension. Even I who has been speaking in public for a very long time, I, I face the same tension. Uh, you know, the, the stage fright is real. 
Um, so even before I go before people, I have all these thoughts and all these things that are running in my head. But then I know because I've done it before, I can do it. And I believe. But then the first time I did it, it wasn't as easy. And so you have to overcome the first obstacle. And you have to look at yourself and say, I can do this. I can do this. Yes, I can do this. And you have to speak to yourself and then begin to walk towards that podium. Self-perception is so critical. This is the, the point that I'm trying to make. You relate to people based on how you see yourselves. Let me repeat that. You always relate to people based on how you see yourself. If you see yourself as a victim, you will constantly relate to people from a victim's perception. If you see yourself as confident, you will relate to people from a confident perception. However you see yourself is what you serve or is what you give people. Okay? You respond to people based on how, uh, based on the perception that you have of yourself. If you have been raised in a home where you are constantly told to shut up uh, and not speak up, guess what will happen when you go to a crowd and the person that you're talking to responds by saying shut up? You will have the same reaction that you had when you were a kid. Either you will fight back based on the, depending on the reaction you had, or you just simply go quiet and shut up, okay? Because that is how you perceive yourself. So the second, that's the second comp component, self-perception. Someone said that we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. So we don't see, if the world is blue, we don't see the world uh, that is blue. We see the world according to the color th that we have. Uh, in our eyes. So if my, my perception is a weakly, I will relate to people from the point of weakness. So develop a strong personal and self-perception. Begin to change your mindset about yourself. Okay. Then number three component, self-reflection. Self-reflection. This is also a very critical component. It is a practice of examining examining yourself okay examining your thoughts examining your actions examining your experiences so that you can gain insight into your behaviors and motivations this is a practice that i do every evening i have a self-reflection time in which i use a journal to write my thoughts how did i fare today okay examine your thoughts actions and and experiences during the day if you want to do it every day, but do it regularly. It helps you identify patterns. It helps you identify triggers. And it helps you identify areas to improve. Uh, triggers are critical and evil, you know, especially if they're negative triggers. There are some things you can do and you realize I'm repeating this every day, every day, or every week I'm repeating this. So begin to work on that. The number four component is awareness of others' perceptions, okay? Number four, awareness of others' perception. This, this helps you or involves the understanding of how others perceive you and your actions, 
okay? It requires considering the impact your behavior has on those around you and being open to feedback from others. And, and we're going to look at feedback even as we go along, okay? So it is understanding how others perceive you and your actions. How do other people look at you? How do other people view you uh, in light of your actions? And then number five component is a component of self-awareness. Co sorry, cognitive awareness. Cognitive self-awareness. Okay? Uh, cognitive. Number five, cognitive self-awareness. This is about understanding your thinking patterns, your biases, and your cognitive processes. This is about understanding your thinking patterns, biases, and cognitive process. Okay? Uh, it involves being aware of your thoughts, assumptions, and decision-making strategies or how you make decisions. Do you make the right decisions at the right time? Do you freeze in the presence of greatness? Uh, when you have an opportunity to do something great, do you freeze or do you shrink? Uh, I have seen people who shrink when an opportunity they have been waiting for comes their way. And suddenly they, they, they go back. They go back from it. They suddenly don't want to do it. Uh, why? Because of this aspect. Cognitive self-awareness. Understand your thinking patterns. Understand your biases. And understand your cognitive processes. Okay? Let me try to explain that. Uh, when I talk about cognitive uh, self-awareness, is I'm talking about the mindset. What is your mindset regarding uh, trainings, for example? What is your mindset regarding exams, for example? What is your mindset uh, regarding uh, projects, for example? Okay? What is your mindset regarding uh, uh, being able to stand up before people? How, what are your thought patterns when it comes to that? Do you always tense when you hear exams? Do you tense when you think of a relationship, uh, a romantic relationship? Do you tense when you think of uh, a major presentation that you're about to make at a certain company? These are thinking patterns. Once you tense, what do you think about? Do you think of the failures? Do you think of, the, of how great it will be? Do you think, do you constantly think of what could go wrong uh, and, and not what could go right? Okay. The number six component is body awareness. Body awareness. All right. Number six, body awareness. This refers to being attuned to uh, physical sensations and reactions in your body. Okay. There are people who begin to fidget uh, when, when there is uh, a lot of uh, tension. They begin to shake. Others begin to sweat. Others begin to, you know, have all these. Uh, others begin to shake. Their voice is shaking. And so it's always uh, important uh, uh, to have body awareness. Uh, for example, there is this guy who came to say hi to me some time back. And, you know, we, we had not been in good terms. So he came to say hi. And when I shook his hand, he was shaking. You know, I could see the tension. Uh, he was shaking. His hand was cold and he was stammering. This is what we call body awareness. Whenever you come in the presence of people, what happens to your body? Do you start sweating? 
do you get uh, what we call a cold feet, you know, and, and then you run away or you want to stay alone. What happens when you try to interact uh, with people? This is recognizing in this body awareness to recognize how emotions and stress manifest physically. You know, rapid, uh, rapid heartbeat, uh, shallow breathing, sweating, all these are, are uh, uh, you know, body, uh, body reactions to tension. So you have to know, uh, you have to know that. And then number seven component of, uh, of self-awareness is values and beliefs. Values and beliefs. Okay. Number seven, recognize your core values and beliefs. Whatever, it, what do you believe in? This will align your actions and decisions with what matters most to you. Okay? So it guides you, these values and beliefs. 